With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of Divisio, D-U-V-I-S-I-O, the all-new affiliate network for people in all niches that's helping to facilitate good in the world. We have got my co-host, Jack Humphrey, and co-founder in Divisio joining us. Hello, Jack. Hello. I like your new mic. I'm not on my new mic. You sound really clear and crystal and clear. Thought you were on your new mic. <laughs> That's too funny. No, not today. I was going All to right. be, but with our last-minute issues of our guest couldn't make it, trying to figure out what we were going to do, I kind of sort of didn't get there. <laughs> Understandable. Well, we still got good, cool things to talk about. You have oh, a good idea. Oh, boy, do we ever. So I am thinking that a great thing for us to talk about today, Jack, would be one of the ongoing discussions we're having with students at DU. What's up with all this cool new stuff like Periscope and Blab? I know we started talking about it with a guest a couple weeks ago, but that is really getting to be even bigger than it was when we talked about it then. Don't you think? Well, yeah, because it's not just those guys uh, by themselves, the new kids on the block, Periscope and Blab, but, uh, you know, Hangouts is still there, <laughs> lest anybody think that it's just dead or something because everybody's talking about the new stuff. But uh, what's interesting about it now is not them individually. It's what what uh, one of our students in particular has been doing with all three uh, together. And it goes back to... What I used to talk about um, when I was doing power linking from my book way long, long, long ago, uh, where it was showing up wherever your customers surf, showing up everywhere your customers surf, if you could possibly do it. And that was basically based on linking and, you know, uh, guest posts and and uh, all kinds of stuff that existed then that still exists, but there's a lot of new stuff now like video, and video is really super important everybody's uh, using it or everybody's thinking about using it or everybody's wondering why everybody's using it, but it is the biggest topic of conversation on the web when it comes to marketing. Hands down, there's nothing anybody's talking about more than video. And so it goes back to my old thing, showing up wherever your target market surfs and everywhere that they surf. So wherever they're hanging out, you should be there if you can. And... uh, 
what Virginia is doing, um, and one of our, our bachelor students is doing, is she used to just have the Hangouts going, and she has a Hangout marketing, a Hangout show, and, um, you know, would would embed the player in, in, in different places around the web. We, we all were doing that uh, quite a bit so that you could actually play uh, things in uh, a Facebook group. So people could just go to the Facebook group and check things out, or they could uh, go to your website on your page and watch it there without having to have an account wherever you're broadcasting from, which was a big issue when we wanted to have big attendance on things like Google Hangouts and not everybody was on Google+, or wanted to hassle with it or whatever. They could just go to a page on the web that you direct them to and it's right there, and it's just playing. So. Um, there was some beginning of simulcasting in that, but you were just on a show uh, with Virginia where she actually was using Periscope, Blab, and Hangouts at the same time, like in the same uh, show, the same promotion, the same thing. And uh, you had a really good experience, I hear. Oh, my gosh, Jack. It was awesome. It was not the first time I've been on Virginia's web TV show. This was actually the second time I've been on her web TV show. Typically, Virginia gets somewhere around 40 to 60 people that watch her web TV show live when she's got it going on and she does a live stream through YouTube. She's got that tied into Google Plus like all Hangouts on Air are. 40 to 60 people, typical. Well, we did a very short pre-show on Periscope, picked up another 50 to 60 people over there. That then brought those people over to watch the show live, so instantly doubled the number of people watching it live. Then at the end of the show, we jumped on over to Blab, and we picked up over 100 people on Blab who then went and watched the replay of the show. So she ended up getting somewhere around five to six times more people watching the show just by including Periscope and Black. How huge is that? Well, that is incredible and, and awesome and good for all the obvious reasons, but something else happened as a result. Um lest everyone think that everybody in your market is hanging out in the same places. And the fact that you said that you'd been on Virginia's show before, uh, after this experience, you got specifically from the Blab, I heard, uh, two people that have become very significant JV potentials, people that weren't in the circle of just Google Hangouts or uh, others that you had been in before, and it was only once Virginia got you on her show on the Blab that you met two really significant, important, brand-new people for Directions University. And Divizio, both. One of them is Carrie Gray, who is the founder of an organization, a nonprofit organization, called Greensurance. You'll find it at joindu.com forward slash Green. Insurance, S-U-R-A-N-C-E, Green Insurance. It is a legal alternative to Obamacare that basically provides every kind of health coverage you can imagine, not just traditional stuff, but also alternative, holistic, and naturopathic coverages as well. 
at such reasonable prices, it's like better than half off of what typically you'd find from a marketplace for way better coverage. That has become such a significant JV partner for us for both DU and Divisio that they've actually brought us on board and named me their strategic partnership advisor. So if you run on over to joindu.com forward slash greensurance and go to the team page, you will see me up on that page right now. And that has opened up literally hundreds of new JV partners for us, all because of Blab. Another JV partner that came in because of Blab is a customer on uh, Divisio. He's a seller using Divisio. He's doing over a million dollars a month. Not exactly the same level of people as what we've seen previously on YouTube and Google Plus with Virginia's show. Very different level. Yeah. And it's people checking out new stuff. I mean, uh, they, they would ha- I would be absolutely sure that they're there out of curiosity like the rest of us. And um, there are people who are really, really busy in this world that you might need to get a hold of that you would love to do a joint venture with that are only going to perk up and poke their heads out of wherever they are doing all of this work when something new and exciting is happening out there. And Blab was new and exciting right at the moment, and they were both there because of that. It's like, wow, this is neat. And you wouldn't run into them on your YouTube channel. You wouldn't run into them on the old stuff because they quickly put their heads back down and get back to work (laughs) once things get a little bit old. So it's really uh, a lesson in you know, getting out there and doing something on new stuff, even if you're overwhelmed with stuff that you have now. Just go poke your head in there. And one way that you can do that, and it's the way that Gina did it, Gina didn't start her own blab show. And this is not uh, uh, a lesson to to all of you to go out and just start your own shows. We're not asking you to do that. We're not asking you to, you know, really put a significant amount of effort out there. There's a lot of people who love this stuff. One of our favorites is Virginia Parsons, and she loves this stuff. She's already got a show set up. She's a great interviewer, and that's all you need because that's all Gina had at the time. It's like, well, Gina, now you can say you've been on Blab, and she didn't have to start her own show. I think a lot of people think that that's what people, experts are saying, you've got to get on Blab. Well, I don't want to start a whole new thing, a whole new show. There are people like Joel Com and Virginia and lots and lots of others who already have shows. You need to just get on them. You need to get whoever's in your niche that is that type of person who, you know, is already dedicated to that. That's their business model. They're not adding anything to their plates, really. Virginia isn't adding anything but profits and people to her plate because uh, she was going to broadcast anyway. She's already set up to do it. She's already doing it through her Hangout marketing uh, or, or her regularly scheduled uh, web show on Hangouts. It was nothing for her to turn on Lab and turn on Periscope uh, at the beginning and the end of that show. For you, it might be a really big deal. I don't know how to use it, the technology, blah, 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 and I totally get that. But Gina didn't go and start her own show. She just got on somebody's show that was already there. That is easy to do. That is very easy to do. All you have to do is show up and be the expert that you are. And, and if um, you want to check out Virginia's show, you can just Google it. It's the Inspirational Business Women Show by Virginia Parsons. 
Inspirational Businesswoman Show, Women's Show, by Virginia Parsons, P-A-R-S-O-N-S. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah, I like that. And, and leverage. I mean, how can how can we focus uh, what we've learned in uh, the last couple of weeks uh, on how other people can leverage this stuff and think about it in terms of that instead of, oh, crap, Jack and Gina are saying i got to start something on Blab or i got to go there and figure it out. When that's not what we're saying, how can they leverage it so that they can look for an opportunity? This one fell into your lap. Virginia was already a bachelor's student. She asked you because she knew you'd be game for it. And that's not going to be the case for everybody else, necessarily. Actually, how, no, how Jack, people... it, was, it was even funnier than that. She asked me if I would be on her web TV show just because she she's a really big advocate of Divizio's and she wanted to talk about Divizio. At the time, I said, yeah, her plan was to do the show exactly the same way that she's been doing it. Live stream on YouTube, also on Google+. Plus. That was it. The morning of the show, she had seen somebody else that added both Periscope and Blab to a web TV show. And she knows the way that I am with technology. It wasn't going to at all get me upset or angry or confused or anything else. If she asked if I could, she could try something with me, I'd be game for pretty much anything. Five minutes before we got in to do this, she Skyped me and said, would it be okay if we tried something on Periscope and Blab? You just have to come into the Hangout. I'll take care of everything else. Well, what am I going to say, no? <laughs> My answer was absolutely, sure. I, I know how to get into a Hangout. Let me just go get into the Hangout. And she did everything else on her side. So that's leverage, right? That's There's somebody there who's really fired up about that, not intimidated by the controls, knows the controls very well, and even can go into uh, what she would admit. She didn't she didn't know that much about Periscope and Blab as she does about Hangouts, but she's the, the crucial thing is she's game for it. She, she's not afraid or intimidated by it. And these tools are all presumably made for people who don't have any technological experience at all or they will fail. I mean, if people really have to work hard to learn how to use Blab, then Blab is going to fail. So the average person, not us web geeks, and anybody who has a website is a, more of a geek than everybody else in the world. Even if you don't know a lot about how to run the website, you still know more than the rest of the world does just by virtue of having a site and being on the web and marketing and, and everything that people who listen to this show do. So you know, to the rest of the world, you guys are experts. These things should be very, very easy to do, but why even leave it to that? You still have to know how to come up with a good show. You still have to know how to carry yourself, present it, and all that stuff. I mean, you guys might not have backgrounds behind you. You might not, you know, have a place in your house to. You should consider all of those things because that stuff is really easy to do, fix, and have a, a presence out there just by going to other people's shows. I've noticed over the years that a lot of people keep creating their own stuff, redundant things. Like I'll even go as far as saying websites. There's a lot. A lot of people who have websites because they think they need to who really don't actually need them uh, as much as they think they do if they were just showing up on other uh, platforms, other people's sites uh, who are already really dedicated to that. They're better at design than you. They're better at marketing than you. They're better at all these things. they got a huge audience 
why not show up there more? Why not tweak your business model a little tiny bit and take the pressure off yourself for trying to be um, the epitome of what you think is a really killer web presence, somebody that you admire, a company or a person who has seemingly everything together and, and, and unlimited resources in terms of brain power and experts who are working for them or whatever it might be, the first <laughs> the first thing that's going to happen in, in, in every single case like this is you're not going to be able to achieve the technological stuff that the other guys are doing, and it's going to slow you down. It's going to make you depressed. It's going to do bad things like make you want to quit what you're doing because of technology, and there's no sense in that. There's a lot of people out there who have licked this problem, and they need content. <laughs> that's the beautiful thing, and that's what you have as an expert. You have content. That's one thing you can do inside and out is talk to people about what you know and what you're good at. And, you know, I think that we will continue to see a decline in the number of uh, people coming into something and thinking they need to be on anything other than what kids are doing now. They just get on YouTube, and they're making money with YouTube advertising. They don't have websites. They don't have any of the stuff that typically the people who listen to this show have already, and they're making a lot more money than a lot of the people who listen to this show are making. And they don't even have their own this or that, their own web presence, their own show. Well, they have their own show. They publish videos to YouTube. But that's an extreme example of how far this can be taken, this idea of, um, uh, you know, like cowbirding. <laughs> we frequently call it cowbirding, planting our eggs in other people's nests. And in, But in this case, people need it. Virginia needed you for content. She needed something for the show. She needed the show to go well and have a great expert. And there's a lot of people now that are catching on and floating around the web on, a, on top of other people's platforms and not really necessarily having to pay much attention to their own site. I have my own site, jackhumphrey.com, and I play with it. I do stuff. I don't post there for a long period of time. Then I'll post five times in a row. It's just a place to do my experimentation. It's my lab. But a lot of people would be like, Joel Com totally, totally makes his living off of the Joel Com uh, website, joelcom.com. And he has to keep that up constantly. That's his big thing. I float around on other platforms. I float around. I float over to Directions University. I float over to Divizio. I float on webinars and interviews and things like that that happen um, on different platforms. Right here on Blog Talk Radio, for instance. This is not something we're running through our own site with our own podcast software and all this complicated junk. I, we don't have time for that. We can only do all of the things that we do, and you guys wouldn't believe what our calendars look like, or maybe you would. Some of you have seen them accidentally in our webinars when we are switching between pages, and there's no white space at all on our calendars. It's just blocked off for this and that. Now, we also block off our free time, so that's also thrown in there, so it looks like we're a lot busier than we are, but we couldn't be as busy with our work as we are without leverage. We couldn't do all the things, like this radio show or or the interview with Virginia or any of the other things that we do without tons and tons of leverage, and it's really the most important thing is the, is the mindset, the leverage mindset. If you could get that, you could start applying it to everything. Am I wasting my time here? Can I do this easier? Is there an easier way to accomplish this? Do I want to have the prettiest website on the planet, or do I want to have a lot, a lot of followers, a big email list, or uh, a lot of subscribers on YouTube, or, or something that leads more directly to money? Which thing am I actually more interested in? 
another thing that I find is kind of weird, and I do this too, Gina, I know you do too, is you, you, uh, we get caught up in uh, the fun stuff that is not profitable at all, like playing around with graphics. You know, we, ha we have people who can do that, but sometimes we need one really quick, and I start playing around like, wow, this is really fun. But wow, is this an incredible waste of my time, and this is not leverage at all for me to be doing this stuff. But we get dragged into that. We play with our websites. It's like, wow, look at this new technology. If people only knew, we've got to go tell everybody about this, which in turn works for us because we're there to teach people, and that's how we get paid. But, uh, but we do tend to get caught up in those things because it's so simple. It's like, gosh, a graphic, Photoshop, this is fun. I want to keep doing this. And then Gina has to snap me out of my trance and say, hey, dude, we've got work to do, so quit doing that. Give it to the graphics person and let's go. But if you guys could just start thinking about leverage in these ways, in this, you know, today's topic of video and different channels and simulcasting, you know, a lot of people will say that we're on this channel, come see us here. But that's the wrong thing to say. Now, you 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 can be on lots of different channels at any given time, and you don't have to make anybody go anywhere. If they're on YouTube, you should be there, and they should just be able to see you on YouTube through YouTube system. And if they are on your website, bring YouTube to them by embedding your show on your site so that they can tune in tomorrow at 8 o'clock when your show is or when, uh, even better, uh, when Virginia or somebody else's show, you get the embed code from them, run it on your site, and it's like you've got a big old high production show without having to do anything but show up and be an expert. It's a wonderful, wonderful world we live in now. It's different. If you started like at tw in 2010 or before, you you might be carrying forward some habits that don't serve you in today's web, in today's environment. And these would be some of those examples where we used to have to really plan everything out and, and make sure that our site was working right and then pull everything up by our own bootstraps and create our own shows, our own really killer websites, pages that convert, all of these kinds of things. And it's not necessarily the go-to or the default today. And if you can change your mind about that and always stop by asking yourself a question, is this the very best thing that I could be doing, or is there a way I could leverage this and go to uh, somebody else who already has a show, get on their show, get a whole bunch of people coming in, then I don't have to create a show. And The show is you. The show is your brand, your company, whatever that is. That's your show. You can take that on the road, and there's a backbone of providers out there, of producers out there like Virginia uh, that are dying for content. They, their biggest problem is not technology. Their biggest problem is coming up, is finding people like Gina who can come in and they know everything's taken care of. They can ask a question. They can let, they can let it ride and not have any preparation at all. And people like Gina are the are ultra guests. They can show up and and be up for anything. Yeah, put me on Periscope. Put me on Blabs. That would freak out the average person. The average person wants a pre-ordered uh, list of questions and structure and all of this stuff because they're nervous as hell about being on uh, a, a platform and being embarrassed or not knowing all the answers or whatever. And then there's ultra guests like Gina. If you could turn yourself into an ultra guest, you can be on any show, anytime, anywhere that you want because there is such a, an incredible lack of people who can handle themselves at the drop of a hat, like improv. Like right now, uh, we didn't know what we were going to talk about. Our guests canceled at the last minute, and we're carrying on with the show. And that's an ultra-guest trait. That's an ultra-expert trait. You can, you can just go and 
be in an environment and be asked to be there three or four minutes ahead of time, and you'll be okay because you're, that's what you're really spending a lot of your effort and energy toward is making yourself that kind of a resource for other people. That makes you really, really important in the world of we have all of this. All these people are out there thinking we have to start a blab. We have to start a hangout show. I have to start my own podcast. There's millions of people out there who have said that to themselves and uh, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, who have started them because they all thought what I'm trying to get you guys to think against, which is you got to start your own show. So now you've got this massive, massive network in every single niche of, of shows, podcasts, hangouts, blabs, periscope, all kinds of stuff. It's just, and there is a paucity in the amount of content you know, after a while, you if you have a Periscope show or you have a Blab show, rather, uh, you run out of things really quickly to say if you're just the only expert. You have to bring other people in, and then there, then you start to have a little bit of a um, an attitude toward a, 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 or a benchmark that you want to have toward the kinds of people you bring in. You want your show to be quality, and you really quickly realize, and it doesn't matter who you are in what industry, there aren't a lot of people in your industry who can really nail it and that you know right now. You're going to have to go network, and that's their biggest thing. That's Virginia's biggest thing. That's everybody who has a show that wants to keep the quality to a certain level, their biggest thing is finding people who can handle being a, a really good guest. It's not just knowing your stuff. It's being able to convey your message and do it in an entertaining way well, you know, and not I mumble and all those kinds of things. Well, I can that. I mean, oh, yeah. I is that Jan? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, finding guests, it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's ironic It's uh, how challenging it is to get people to, I mean, people will say yes, but getting them to show up and on a regular basis is really quite a challenge because everybody is really super busy these days. But one of the first things I thought, Jack, is when you're talking about this, is it's kind of back to that same uh, joint venture thing. People are afraid to go ask to be on someone else's show. So if if you are having a show um, and you're not famous and you don't have huge lists, but you're really you're a good guest and you have something to share, what do you think is a, are some of the hallmarks people are looking for? How should you approach people? so that they want to, you know, give you that chance? Ideally, you want to approach them through a a broker of sorts. You want to there, – there's another level here in this leverage piece that we should discuss, and that would be how, Jan, you work into the success of Traffic Masters or any show where there's somebody like you at the helm making sure that we're out there – sourcing really, really good quality guests like I just described. And the reason for that is you could bypass all of that not um, all of that inexperience. I mean, you going to somebody, and, and it even helps me and Gina, I mean, it's not just a time thing, although that is a massive, massive uh, thing for us and what Jan does to source our, our guests. It takes a lot of time to do what she does and do it well. And if you guys have been watching the guests that we've been having, all of this year in 2015, you know that she's nailing it. And I sometimes worry about, God, who's the next one going to be? We've already talked to all these. And then you see the next one, and it's like, damn, she did it again. But it's, it's having people talk on your behalf. 
to represent you better than you can. And uh, somebody who is a, a, a does work like Jan uh, can help in that regard. They can say, you know what, this person hasn't done a lot of uh, shows. And the, and the thing is, the trust goes to Jan, um, the producer. Even let's call her the producer. The trust goes to her. It doesn't have to fall on the guest. If you haven't done a lot of shows, you're not you don't have a proven track record, but you really really know your stuff. And once you're made comfortable, you can really nail it on a show. Um, and Jan knows that, or your broker or your producer knows that, then they can go out on your behalf and say, you know, this isn't the most experienced guest that you'll ever have, but this topic, he can speak volumes on it. And if we just got to do this and this, and he'll be real comfortable, what do you say? And this, the answer is always going to be yes on the other end, always going to be yes. Where if you went and represented yourself, you'd probably focus too much on the fact that you haven't done a lot of shows, you're inexperienced, and... You know, you're going to blow it a lot more times than not. A broker doesn't have a, uh, uh, an emotional stake in this like you do. And so there are plenty of points where you could probably put your foot in your mouth a couple of times and blow a couple of chances at a really good uh, exposure. So if you can possibly do it, you know, have somebody help you out with that. And, Jan, what would you say were the best uh, the best ways somebody well, could go about finding somebody like you? Well, hold on. You- Jan actually is available to produce other people's shows. She is available for hire to either be there to help you find guests or what Jan would really love to do is to actually be there to help you find guests and interview the guests. She can interview you, and boy, let me tell you, for you to have somebody else there to interview you instead of just showing up on your own show and just talking is so much easier. Uh-huh. Because well, almost everybody everybody how you do that. well, almost anybody can have a really good conversation. And that's what I found. You know, that's why I like the interview format and helping people create their own podcasts. Because really, unless you're a really seasoned performer... <laughs> You can't really do a monologue. Most people, even if they talk a lot, even if they're speakers, that doesn't make them a really good person to do a monologue for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes every single week, week after week after week. Now, I'll tell you, um, I have worked with some guest brokers who come to me with their people, and generally, it's just about as easy as sending an in, an email saying, "Hi, I'm so and so. This is what I talk about, and I wondered if it would be a good fit for your show." And it, it's amazing because you know Gina said this earlier, Jack said this as well. It's like anybody that has a show is constantly looking for uh, someone to be on it. And so just sending out emails to the producer or finding out who the producer is on the shows uh, is is really pretty simple. Just send a link to your website or if you have an audio or a video. But generally just a very short bullet point of things that you talk about and uh, a link you know, to your uh, bio page or something like that is generally – a really good start because when somebody sends me that, then I can look at it and say yes or no and then take the next step. 
um, and have found that really uh, people appreciate it, – it's really funny. It used to be that people appreciated you contacting them to do a guest blog post, you know, until they kind of got flooded with it. And But people really do appreciate you contacting to be guests on their show. You know, one of the other things I've noticed is with both Periscope and Blab, a lot of the people that do shows are hanging out on both Periscope and Blab. And it's so easy to engage in either platform. If you're really looking to get onto a show or you're looking to get somebody else who does a show onto yours, go jump into their Blab or their Periscope and connect with them that way. I think oh, that could uh-huh. really get a bunch of great people to have you as oh, a guest I'm... on their show as well as vice versa. That's a great idea. Yes, because that's what we're forgetting now, that you can actually engage with people multiple times, and that's what they're looking for. You know, when we're doing a show, we're looking for the people who want to engage with us the most. You know, that's who you well, want to I... have the conversation with. Yeah, plus you can just show up. I've watched people um, uh, on when Joel Com was taking over Blab, uh, and still pretty much is, as far as I know. He took a big uh, hiatus or a vacation in the last 18 days, but he's back. He's back today, and he'll probably be getting started back on Blab. And everybody wants to be on his thing because he has gravity. I mean, when you go to his Blab thing, if you just if you see an announcement and you show up on time, or you just show up on Blab, he's going to be on the front page. And there's going to be like 400 people watching live at the time. And he's just firing up Blab. He's got name recognition. He's got a platform. And when he says he's going to be on Blab, a lot of people listen. When you say you're going to be on Blab, your mom and your sister might come because you don't have a very big email list or, you know, your evangelists will come and you'll have 30 people on. Well, that's great. That doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. But it, uh, but you shouldn't do it when when Joel is having a blab. If he's in your market or somebody like him is in your you know in your industry, you need to free that time up because he'll pull you into his show without even asking. If you become if you, I've watched him watch the comments and then say you know we're going to pull in so and so here because they've been saying some really cool stuff and then all of a sudden he opens up a space on blab and they show up and there they are on camera. And they didn't say ahead of time, hey, Joel, I want to be on your – it's really super organic. So just by being there, nothing more than just being there and, and interacting can – and you should not consider that playtime. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I ended up you know, doing this thing, but it's no big deal because, I mean, we, it wasn't even scheduled. So what? Whether it was scheduled or not is immaterial. You showed up in front of a big audience on somebody's platform that's regarded as authoritative – and how you did that is immaterial. It doesn't matter at all. You got there, and you should consider that a win. Put a check mark in a box, I got on a show this week. If that's the only one you got on and it just simply happened and it was organic, well, so be it. A lot of times what we're learning now is that that's a difference in the web. If you were on the web before 2010, before 2012, or even 13, everything was scheduled. Now everything is organic. Periscope is organic. I don't have to schedule a show on Periscope. I fire it up, and a notification goes out to everybody who's following me right at that moment that I'm on. And then people either watch or they don't. It's like nothing has to be scheduled anymore with these new services. You know, Jack, the the thing that I talked about earlier with Virginia, 
she did not schedule either the periscope or the blab that we did for her show that day. And yet, Green Insurance shows up. The guy that's doing a million dollars a month shows up. Not scheduled, just showed up. Yeah. It's coming. Exactly it's, what you're you know, talking people about. are people are getting less and less concerned about the time of day, mainly because when we do schedule things like this show, we're on it Tuesday afternoon at Eastern time every single week, and so that's when it happens. It has to happen sometime, and it's easier for us as the show owners to have a scheduled time because it's not going to be very likely that we have a show every week if I just go, hey, Jeannie, you want to have a show right now? Because she'll say, no, I'm busy, i got all this other stuff, or I'll say the same thing. So we, there's scheduling. Scheduling is more for the show owners now than anybody else because if we send out, and we do, we send out a reminder, hey, everybody come listen to Traffic Masters on uh, our email list and things like that. We go out to social and do the same thing. It really doesn't matter that it's scheduled because people will decide when they see that message whether or not they can come right at that moment. No, I can't, or yes, I can and so we used to beat ourselves up about the attendance of our live uh, show versus the number of people who listen to the podcast later, which is massive compared to how many people are listening now. And most show owners will tell you that. When you have the ability to record something, have a replay, you're going to over time get a lot more listeners than you are live. I mean, everybody in the business knows that, and they count on that. So we don't just count our audience today right here live. We count uh, everybody who on their own schedule can come and listen at their leisure. The entire Internet has switched to this model. On demand is everything. On demand runs everything now. So um, kids these days, kids these days, they don't listen, they don't watch TV, they don't go to NBC and watch Seinfeld like we used to, Thursday nights at 8. They watch it whenever they damn well want to. They order it up. They order things up on demand on Netflix, on Amazon Prime, on um, podcasts. They don't ever bother to show up the moment that something happens because they don't need to. Unless they have the time, they will, but they don't need to. They know it's getting recorded, saved somewhere else, and that they can pull it up commercial interruption free and everything else. Uh, their TV, their movies, their podcasts, any content that they produce. Otherwise, they're not interested. So if you have a situation where you're, you're uh, locked into your schedule and you're really, really tied to the, to the idea, which is outdated, that there have to be all the listeners have to come on that, at that time, then you're not paying attention to how the web actually has switched completely and utterly. The paradigm has shifted completely to on-demand. So once you understand that, it's like, wait a minute, okay, so I'm only going to get the people who are available at that time when, that are available at that time. I'm not, I don't have to worry about I'm not getting enough uh, attention to my show or the shows that I'm on, and that's what everybody else is actually doing. They're just firing it up. They might give you a little head, you know, I just decided I'm going to do a blab tonight at 8, so everybody come and check it out if you want. But I've figured also how to uh, take my report, recording on my blab and embed it on my site and that will be up tomorrow or the next day, and you'll be able to watch it then if you can't make it tonight. That's about all the planning that the big top people are doing now, um, except for those of us who you know, have dedicated ourselves to a slot every week. If you can do that, it's not a bad idea to have something scheduled and regular, but you don't have to. 
And a lot of people are just bypassing that, especially if your biggest part of your business model is just to show up on everybody else's platform who's already done all the work promoting it, spend all the money to promote it, to put it together, to put the foundation and the platform together, all the technology together. They have built an audience over time by being really good quality show hosts and producers, and they built a name for themselves. All of these things are either too expensive or too costly in terms of time for you if your goal is to make money by next week. right? None of these things will happen for you, none of these things, by next week if you want to have a big, full-blown production uh, that has a huge following. It's an authoritative presence in its market. None of that's going to happen next week. But by next week, you could be, on, you could be booked for four or five different shows where all of those things are present. And you're skipping your, it's like having a time machine. You're skipping your whole business ahead nine, 12 months, you know, years by just going and showing up where people are right now instead of worrying about building your own base. And the nice thing about that is your own base begins to build the minute that you start doing this, and it's much faster of a build. You get to where you want to go if you have a, a goal of having 1,000 people on your list or uh, uh, you know, 50 sales a week or whatever that is. The fastest way to that is to use other people's platforms, other people's authority in front of other people's crowds who are licking their lips in anticipation of the very next thing that that person does. And if the very next thing that that person does is put their arm around your shoulders and say, you need to listen to her, then you are basically going forward in time versus doing it all yourself, building your own thing. You're going forward in time by the amount of time that it would take you to have the kind of platform and the audience and everything else that that person who just put their arm around your shoulders gave you right then and there, bam. And the, and the ticket into that is not hard. You have to remember, I'm not talking about, well, Gosh, you're going to have to, you're going to have to become more impressive. You're going to have to build up some sort of um, credibility and all of these things. The number one thing that you have to always remember is anybody can do this because these guys are desperate for content, and they're desperate for the best kind of guest that they can possibly get. And it is not hard to be that guest. That's very, very easy to do. That's the thing that you've already got in the bag. If you're an expert now, there's nothing else you have to do. Just go be interviewed. Go be uh, on a show. Have a conversation with somebody. There's nothing you have to do except, well, you want to have a place to send people to buy your book or <laughs> to look at your – but that's just a page. Forget about it being a whole website. That's only a page that you need. You could put that on medium.com. You could put that on a group in Facebook. You don't have to have a website that has the latest uh, – in, in, in opt-in links and uh, uh, lead pages and, and learn all this new technology. This is where most people fail, and they get burnt out. And they, the web can swallow you up in details and technology if you allow it to. And this whole time, all you needed was a page you could send people to because you're getting ready to be on Jan's show tonight. That's all you need. Don't worry about the rest of the stuff. Well, I've got to set up a blog. No, you don't. Why? Why? Why would you need to do that? You don't, at least right now, need to do that. If you've got to be on Jan's show, you've got to have some place to send them. That's the only thing that you need tonight. The expert thing you've already got. She's going to ask you questions about things that you know the answers to. Big freaking deal. That's no hard thing. Just have a page to go to. There, we know a guy, and we just had him on this year, Colin Terrio, who doesn't have a website. He has a group on Facebook, and he runs everything from his iPad. That's it. And when he has something to sell, he says, hey, guys, I have something to sell. 
He puts it on the group in Facebook, and he sends them directly to PayPal. He doesn't even have, like, that's really extreme, right? You, don't, you probably don't want to go that far. Most people wouldn't. But he's having a great time just hanging 10 over the edge of the Internet. He's totally going by the seat of what other people would call seat of their pants marketing. But he's got it nailed down and believe that he has a system because he, too, he truly does. If anybody wants to see that, check it out. Go check out the Cult of Copy on Facebook. That's Colin's website. That's on a third-party provider. What if Facebook goes down? That's an irrelevant question. That's totally irrelevant. That's what everybody always says. It's the first thing. So what? He's got that audience, and he can take them anywhere he wants. The next Facebook, he can say, hey, everybody, we're going to be over here now, now that Facebook is failing. We all did it when MySpace failed, and nobody died. Nobody's business got completely ruined, except people who were utterly unprepared for the fact that Sometimes things like that happen. What's your contingency plan? Well, I'm going to stay on top of the news. I'm going to stay on top of things. And if I need to move my crowd from this place to another, I'll be ready for that. That's about a five-minute preparation, and you're done. In the back of your head, you always know you're on a third-party system. It could go down. But let's play the odds for a second. Facebook is the biggest thing on the planet. It's probably going to stay that way for a while. And in that while, you could make a lot of money, and you could do a lot of great things and communicate with a lot of people in the world um, and they're not coming to your website. They're not going to, it's really, really hard to get people to websites anyway. So think about how you can just be really fluid and dynamic and just go where you're needed, fill in the little spaces that need filling in, um, fill in spaces where people are like, the, one of the great things is if you don't have a lot of confidence, uh, uh, you know, in just saying flat out, I want to schedule a show with you, then just make it known to people, a whole bunch of them, in fact, everybody who has a show in your niche, I'm available if anybody bails on you at the last minute. You only need to be available, and, you know, I mean, I might be in the hospital, I might be on vacation or whatever, but if I'm around, I'll be on your show. Give them that, and then they'll stop asking you questions about how many shows you've done and how much experience you have and all of that. They're going to need you one day. We had a guest that couldn't make it today. And we're taking over. If we had a little list of people who were like, I'll be on your show at the drop of a hat. If I'm available, I will do it. We could have went and called any one of those people up, and we would have gladly done it. We just happened to have a, a topic for today. So we are like, all right, well, let's just do it ourselves. Hopefully it's a topic you guys are digging. Well, you know, one of the things that hits me about this is that, you know, everything has shifted to, you know, on demand. And yet, you know, there's there's that bridge between on demand consumption and then trying to get people into your funnel. It's that little uh, you know, it, sometimes it's a little nudge and they fall in and sometimes it feels like you got to have a bulldozer and shove them in, you know, because that is, after all, what we're trying to do is get them on our list, get them to subscribe, get them to, you know, choose to be on our team, so to speak, um, so that we can continue to build a group of people who want to hear our messages and sell to them and all that kind of stuff. Um, one of the things that I find most challenging about the on-demand stuff is getting them to take that next step because so much of everything now is just, well, I'll just, if I want it, I'll go out and look for it, bam, and get it. 
So what are your thoughts about that? How do you think the sales funnel at that end, because I know you're really a, you know, sales funnel, you know, expert in this way. How do you think that's changing, like what people offer and, and the calls to action that really work? I think because it needs to be socialized. Video and, you know, go ahead. I think it needs. I think something on your landing page needs to be a giant indicator about how many other people are really excited about it. We started doing it years ago when we could begin to embed Facebook comments on, um, you know, video sales letters or uh, just short landing pages, free information, opt-in pages, things like that. We and people still do that quite a bit. They put Facebook on there. Why do they do that? Because that's what ties together what people are experiencing on the rest of the web. One of the reasons that a lot of people feel like icky when they go to a website or a landing page is they feel all alone. It's completely them and that page and all their friends are gone. Nothing's popping up on the screen saying so-and-so is at Starbucks right now. Uh, their whole lives are like that. And then you take them to your silent, quiet, abyss of a, of a website and you want them to read. Now, a lot of people still like that. They're like, oh, good, I'm away from all of that junk. But most people, you're interrupting them at some point and saying, hey, I want you to come off of Facebook. I know you were downloading a recipe and looking at cats and everything else, but I want you to come off of Facebook where you're having a lot of fun, and I want you to come over to this page and read it and be excited about what you're reading, and then I want you to opt in or click the Buy button. That's a really, really hard sell in this day and age. And the way to mitigate that uh, conversion buster, which is what it is, is to put, bring the social with them, bring the party with them. There's so many ways to indicate how many other people just like them are excited about what you are doing to make them feel like when you depict it on your page, they haven't really left Facebook or wherever else exactly. I mean, we're I'm still among friends. It's not lonely here. It's not a dark and quiet place. There's activity going on. The quickest way to do that is to integrate social, like integrate Facebook comments or Google Plus comments or whatever you want on the page. But there's a lot of other tools. If you look through WordPress plugins for all kinds of social integration, just type in the search term social integration plugins. There's a lot of things you can put on your pages to liven up the experience and make it match as close as possible the experience you just tore them away from by asking them to come to your page in the first place. If you're asking anybody to come to a page, more often than not, they were on social when you asked them, or they were very, very near social when you asked them. Their phone is always lighting up. The little icon next to their F for Facebook and Google+, and Pinterest, and everything else is just going crazy. There's four new messages. There's, and it's at a red dot. We all have a universal... This is the beauty about marketing now. We know exactly what everybody's experience is based on whether we have an Android or an iPhone. We didn't have that kind of like hardcore data uh, and ex user experience. I mean, back then it was like everybody was on a PC. You know, how were they using it? How were they looking at it? How how big was the screen? How was there were a million variables. Now it's just Android and iOS, and we all know that the same the apps work the same on both uh, devices. So, you know, when something happens on Facebook, on both devices, they get alerted. And basically, if you put that phone in your pocket, it's buzzing if you've got it buzzing, or it's making noise if you've got it making noise, or your own mind is constantly aware that you've been five minutes without reaching your pocket to check. 
one of those three <laughs> things is true. No. Yeah. That's the universal experience. Marketers would have killed for that kind of data, that kind of in, insight and knowing about all of their people. They're all doing that. I mean, unless you're in a niche that is uh, devoutly agnostic and, and uh, about social, about emails, about the, the new world, um, which I feel for you. I have no advice for you whatsoever. I have nothing that I can do to help you. There's not a niche like that that I know of um, that's worth monetizing, but unless you're in one of those, you're, you're in the rest of the world's pocket. Everybody can be reached. So that's why you want to have a lot of friends on Facebook. You want to have a lot of fans on your, on your page. You want to have a lot of uh, things going on. It's not just because you'll show up in Google search more. It's because you'll, to the degree that you've got people listening to you, you can make people's pockets buzz. Everybody's pocket will buzz. Everybody's pocket will beep. Or everybody's mind will never let them stay five minutes away from checking Facebook one more time. There's got to be another cat posted by now. Come on. Oh, no, it's Jack. He's got this thing. Well, let me check that out. If you guys can get your head around that, that that's the world that we live in, that the world that you live in is the same exact world they, meaning your market, the people you're trying to reach, live in, it will change the way you make your landing pages. It will change the way you design your funnels. It will change everything about what you're doing to market now. And a lot of you have already begun to do that. A lot of you already have Facebook comments on, on key pages that you're sending people to from uh, Facebook or Google Plus comments or whatever it might be. But socialize your entire experience so that you can get your conversion, you can get your call to action, that people will take it, uh, and you're not being too distracty. You don't want them downloading recipes off Facebook on your landing page. <laughs> that would be a little bit too much socialization, but you've got to make them feel like they haven't just had a cold bucket of ice water thrown on them as they click away from Facebook and land on your site. That would change a lot of things. And again, just go look through. Everybody's on WordPress, so go look through your WordPress plugins and just um, look for the ones that are you know socialized, social. Um, just do a search uh, right in your uh, WordPress back end, and you'll find a lot of stuff. If you haven't done that lately, you forgot that people come out with plugins every 2.5 seconds. And if it's been a year since you've really just gone and explored, rather than knowing what you want and you just go out and somebody told you what plugin to get and you go get it, go explore the database. And there's some really cool stuff. I just saw a new one yesterday that uh, Bachelor is using that I had no idea existed. It's really awesome. It's an, uh, click one of these buttons below, Facebook, Google+, or Twitter, Either one will get you this cool thing that I'm offering. And it was a really cool thing. And for the people who were targeted for that page, heck yeah, I'm going to do that. And that's why all those buttons were lit up with hundreds and hundreds of people who have already clicked on them to like it or plus it or tweet about it. And as soon as that happened, the window came up, okay, I did it. And the window goes back away. And the thing that I wanted is now replace those buttons. Okay, here's your thing. Download it. It was brilliant, and it was a new one. I mean, those have been around a while, but this one was really kind of slick. And it's because I haven't been, you know, searching around in the store at uh, WordPress for plugins, uh, and hadn't hadn't really heard about that one. So, how many might you have not heard about? And how many might help you socialize that funnel or that page so that people don't feel so daggone lonely when they get there? Worst feeling ever for a marketer who is trying to get people excited about doing something they want them to do. Well, to me, I mean, this is really why it's 
so critical to start acting more like a person, like a conversation that you would have in real life, than a marketer. You know, it's the biggest disconnect that I see because all of the stuff that we've been talking about, all of the stuff that you've mentioned, these shifts in thinking, the shifts in tech, is really nothing other than the technology is catching up to how humans actually interact. Mm-hmm. We want to talk, you know, we want to watch what we want to watch now. We would have done that 50 years ago had they given us that option, yep. you know. Um, and when you go to a page, and like you said, I love when you said, you know, you don't want people to feel like, you know, they get a bucket of cold water thrown on them or that, crap, I could have been watching kitten pictures for this, uh, or the bait and switch, which is huge online. You know, I, I, I want to tell people all the time, like, tricking is not good because... You don't get any results from that. It's ridiculous how right, because people it's do like, that. Does it work? You would never do this in real life. You would never walk up, be having a conversation with someone, and say, "Hey, you know, would you like, uh, would you like a beverage here?" And they say, "Yes, I would like a Coca-Cola." And then you go over and you give them a piece of, uh, you know, a Sprite, and then act like, "Well, it's just the same." <laughs> you know, it's like it's pulling like- onto a pulling onto a car lot, and you're ready to buy a car, and as soon as you get on the lot, the sign switches to Starbucks. You're like, what the uh-huh. hell? Oh, That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing online. Was a comedian that said, it's like going into a coffee shop and someone says, oh, we're out of coffee, but we have tea. It's the same thing. He said, no, it's the same thing <laughs> like watching TV is not the same as watching a sock puppet show. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, that's, but the thing is, it's like just... Be the best part of you you can be and seek to share who that is as much as what it is that you're sharing. You know, because I think that's yep. that's that missing part you're talking about. And that I find that the other thing, and you said this before on one of the shows, you said it's really harder to turn someone off when you have to slide their face off your phone, you know, on the, on the Facebook yeah. app. And ever since then, now I see everybody's face, and I'm like, oh, I totally get that now. Um, oh, yeah. You can put you know, your face right in the middle of the most important screen in anybody's life. You can put your face there. Just message yeah. them. Just message them. That's all you got to do. Hey, how you doing? I was going to do this thing tonight. Hope you could be there. Could you be my guest? Can I be your guest? Can you, you know, mail for me? Can whatever <laughs> I mean, you put your face, they could be looking at anything. They could be talking to their mom. They could be any most important thing that we do on our phones or the stupidest stuff that we're really into because it's fun and we're getting an endorphin rush or we're loading up on dopamine or something from Candy Crush or something. Whatever it is, you've chosen that to be the most important thing to focus on in your life, and I can put my face right there. You better be have a good plan for that because it can also backfire on you for obvious reasons, but... I mean, that's the world we live in. I think constantly about this. Every single waking moment I think about how the world works right now and how we can work those things in our favor, whether it's with shows or how we show up or how we make landing pages. It's all completely different now. And it's fun to just go back to the basics, forget everything you've learned, and just start from right now. What do you know about the world and how everybody interacts and communicates, and how can that affect your marketing? I hate to interrupt. 
But it is oh, that no. time already. Less than 60 seconds. Sorry, Jan. Oh, bummer. <laughs> 10-second warning I just got. So let me hurry up and say this. If you guys want to learn more about how you can do your own web TV shows and simulcast them on YouTube, Google+, Periscope, and Blab in a way that makes you and your guests look completely and utterly amazing, Virginia Parsons is starting a course next Tuesday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.